five, four, three, two, one, go. You're only supposed to blow the bloody doors off. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Blowing the Doors Off, episode 22. Uh, I'm Brett Morse, your host. Uh, I got my brother co-host with me this again this week, Andrew Sherman. What's going on, dude? I tell you what, you know, I'm not supposed to be all that busy not working right now, but I felt like a pup with two Peters, and <laughs> I don't even know which direction they're getting pulled in. <laughs> I had like three phone interviews yesterday. We had oh, a shit. nice little car adventure today. Uh yeah, it was, is it Wednesday? It's Wednesday. I. It feels like it ought to be like next Tuesday. <laughs> right. So how did the uh, how did the interviews go? One of them went really good. Actually, two of them went really good. Uh, one of them's right here local, and then uh, one's up in Pennsylvania. Oh shit! Uh, but it's super neat um, opportunity. So I'm still sniffing around it for sure. Uh, you know, at this point, I kind of have to. Yeah, I don't I don't blame you whatsoever. Um how was how was your weekend? Uh weekend was pretty good. Uh probably watched more racing than typically. Um I think the rain delay for the Xfinity race um that didn't help. Uh and then I had trucks on, but it was real kind of hit or miss. I was I mean I I turned it on just so it would be on. But uh, I think it got turned off for like the 9,000th viewing of Moana or something like that, <laughs> which is fine. Oh, you know? I feel for you, buddy. I had to go <laughs> through the Moana stage, and I'm so glad I got out of I could probably re- reenact the movie myself, probably. Well, we're on to Madagascar now. Oh, that's not too the bad. The ones with the penguins that do, <laughs> yeah. I like to move and move. <laughs> oh, just wait till uh, they get a little bit older. Emmett, he's... He is down a movie rabbit hole. Uh, his uh, new movie of the week is, and I am not making this up, Deep Blue Sea. I've seen Deep Blue Sea probably six times this week. You mean like the original? Yeah, like, like Shark from movie. the early 2000s? <laughs> yeah. I like that movie. <laughs> it's not bad, but when you see it 50 LL, times. Yeah, well, yeah. LL Cool J and yeah. – uh, What's his name? Uh, Samuel L. Jackson. And- well, Samuel L.'s in it, but the the – the white dude, the redheaded comedian guy. Uh, oh yeah, uh, Michael Rappaport. Rappaport, yeah, <laughs> he's hilarious. It's not a terrible movie, but he's going through the shark phase, so everything shark, he wants to see it. So he's literally he knows how to like talk into the remote. So it's he asked for shark movies, and it was on HBO Max or something. So he's that's the the new one for the for the week. <laughs> well, the the nine year old is interested in the shark stuff. So they're this year, evidently they're doing like a whole month, but instead of like, you know, shark week, like is a week long. Yeah. Uh, it's like an intent. It's like two hours of programming every night. Well, they're the entire month of July. They're having one hour for each weekend leading up to shark week. So it's like hmm. prep it's like prep work for shark week. Well, I thought I this week, hit, yeah, go ahead. I thought this week was shark week because I went to Sonic for lunch one for one day last week, 
and they had like a new slushy out with the little gummies on the top that are sharks and it looks like there's blood in the water type of thing so i thought this week was shark week so i was all pumped up and told him when i got home you know hey it's shark week let's check it out because i don't mind watching some of that programming it's actually very cool like the air jaws and stuff yeah yeah <laughs> and it wasn't nowhere to be found i was like well fuck i was looking forward oh, yeah. to watch it i'm i'm a shark week junkie for the most part oh yeah uh, i always have been um yeah, so we're going through that. Uh, I think uh, the nine-year-old has been exposed to probably about as much Adam Sandler as <laughs> we should expose him to. <laughs> uh, you know, they had it all on their, like, true – there's, like, a true dish channel, whatever, that's got all these movies, but they're edited, right? There's right. commercials in there, but the, the bad stuff's not in it. Well, we got all the DVDs, so now he's in, he's seen them. We got Billy Madison and Happy Gilmore on the same DVD, you know, and then we watched, I'd never seen Eight Crazy Nights. Uh, I watched that wonderful. the other day. I was like, is this age appropriate? <laughs> oh, that's I was funny. like, I was like, Christian, you know, that reference, you know why that woman's got three boobs, right? <laughs> She's like, no. I said, I guarantee you Adam Sandler is a Total Recall fan. Oh, absolutely. Anybody that's only seen Total Recall once remembers one thing about it, and that's the lady <laughs> with three boobs. Right. <laughs> Speaking of Adam Sandler, I went down a rabbit hole the other night of uh, old SNL skits, and I would go through and just pick somebody on YouTube and do like a the best of and went through like Sandler and Will Ferrell and Dana Carvey and Dave Spade and Farley and all of them. But God, talk about a rabbit hole. You could watch, I could watch that shit for hours. Well, now that it's, a lot of that's on YouTube, you can. And Kristen was showing, was going through some of that stuff the other day, and I was like, I was like, yeah, that's like, there's a reason why Saturday Night Live kind of fell off. It's hard to do 36 hours of 90 minutes of programming every week, new, and it'd be funny to anybody but a comedian. I was like, most of it is not funny. That's why those highlight reels are where it's at. Because I remember being in college and finding all that Will Ferrell, Neil Diamond stuff, and we were in <laughs> stitches for that. We would watch, we would watch that the way kids will watch whatever movie they want to watch, like right. play it, start it over, play it again, start it over, play it again. You know, I think we've watched the little ones have watched Lady and the Tramp at least three times this week already, and it's not, we're not done with Wednesday yet. <laughs> you know. Awesome. <laughs> uh well let's uh let's hop in let's get in the driver's seat but let's talk some let's talk some racing well we were already recording oh oh yeah yeah <laughs> looks like we're six minutes in <laughs> that's funny um a little dirt racing news uh kyle larson brad sweet uh starting their own series up a 12 week mid mid middle of the week series uh high purses uh 410 sprint cars I can't say much more. I can't wait to see what tracks they're going to. I would love to catch one of those shows myself. Well, I think that was the whole idea is that, okay, you've got a three-time World of Outlaw champion, and then you've got Kyle Larson, who may be, may be the best sprint car driver that's ever been. Um, uh, you know, And they're going to tour around and, and get some attention for that sport, and they're going to do it because they already have celebrity status outside of the sport, Larson in particular. But even Brad Sweet was in – he was racing NASCAR for a long time before it just didn't stick for him. And he's been driving Casey Kane's outlaw cars and kicking butt for years now since then. Mm -hmm. So I thought I did see something funny. I wanted to mention, give whoever credit because 
know, Jeff Gluck replied to it saying, this is funny. And I said, I, I mean, I kind of agree. I'm going to bring it up. I didn't look at the handle. So apologies to that person. But I said, is this going to be the uh, uh, world of in-laws tour? <laughs> I thought, <laughs> now that funny. is funny. Well, that's right? what so I was going to say when, you, you know, you're bringing all those names up. Can you imagine like a, I don't even know, maybe like a Christmas party or, you know, I don't know, some kind of event at one of their houses. You got Casey Kane, Brad Sweet. Larson, you know, Larson's married to Brad Sweet's (laughs) sister. You know, it's just, I don't know. I'm sure there's plenty of pit crew guys in there. I bet you they know how to have a pretty good time. Well, and you got, you know, Blaney's going to be in there probably (laughs) one way or another. And uh, that means Chase is there. But if Blaney's there, uh, that means his sister's probably there, which means William Byron's probably there. (laughs) Speaking of more in law type NASCAR. There's a whole uh, spider web of stuff going yeah. on behind the scenes. <laughs> um, Bobby Labonte wins the SRX race at Nashville. Um, I, I didn't get to see this one. I was at an event on Saturday, well, all day Saturday, but um, forgot to hit record on the DVR. But uh, from all the races I've watched in SRX, I, I've never really seen Bobby Labonte uh, really competitive. I mean, he's there. Um, but like, you know, some of those other drivers have been driving very well in there. Dude comes out and puts it on him, gets it done. Well, that's great for him. I mean, I know his cup career did not end the way anyone would want it to. And it's like, I think some people watched Rusty, you know, come to the realization that he'd given it up a little too early. Same thing with Mark Martin and Bobby's probably thinking, yeah, I think I hung on a little bit too long. Uh, but, but to get a win around, you know, what would be his peers? I mean, he's a champion NASCAR driver and that's sport. You know, that's a series full of champions of something. Like I said, we've, we've called it, you know, it's, it's like the new IROC series is like the modern day IROC. And so sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. I had to get it out there before I forgot to say anything, but speaking of this, um, his, um, Mark, the guy that he beat in second place, Marco, um, Marco wants a NASCAR. He wants an Xfinity shot. And the way that he's been driving uh, these SRX cars, if I'm a team owner, I maybe give him that shot. Maybe a couple races there, you know, to start off and see how it goes from there. But you never know. That dude could come out and steal the show somewhere in NASCAR. Yeah. Well, is Marco still with Andretti Autosport or did he leave? I thought there was some sort of famous kind of a divorce that happened in honestly i have no idea i'm not a huge indycar guy i don't follow it that much um obviously he's not running in any kind of indycar he may do like a 500 start every once in a while or what every year or whatever but um yeah i don't i don't know what happened there i mean he he ran well didn't he win like rookie of the year for the 500 i think the his rookie year, he he's ran well in in the Indianapolis 500. I think he finished uh, second that, once. Yeah, I think so. But other than that, um, didn't have a a great IndyCar career. No, no. Well, I mean, I I hope somebody does. Uh, but I I think we're at the point where him being there doesn't bring a whole lot for NASCAR. But if it helps IndyCar more power to him or if it helps the whole racing community community or if he's just good enough that that maybe he should get a shot then i, I want to see that too um i think if you look over at the teams that would probably 
want to take a look at a guy like that. Um, you know, Joe Gibbs seems to always have a car that's hunting a sponsor. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that might be a good spot for that. Uh, not that they necessarily need to replace Trevor Bain, who's done pretty well kind of doing yeah. in that fill in JGR role. Yeah, uh, maybe a colleague racing, maybe, you know, I'm not sure how long Landon Castle's contracts for, but he's not exactly making waves out there. Neither is Hamburg. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So, um, you know, maybe that's, Maybe there's more minute for them. That I would suck for him, Rick. I mean, think about where he's been, and yeah, you just, I you know, maybe he's one of those guys that just never gets the right traction. But, he but yeah, sure good did. for Marco. If he wants yeah. to do it, just go do it. Absolutely. Um, he seems to want to be knocking on the door. I can't remember who put the article out. I read an article that was the whole thing that how he, how he was wanting to get a get a shot in the Xfinity series somehow. Um, speaking of, uh, somebody getting it done, Parker Klingerman gets it done in a truck at mid Ohio. And, um, like me and you were talking before, before we hit record, uh, beating out, uh, a very talented Zane Smith and Zane Smith doing it the right way and not could have easily wrecked him at the end of the race and chose not to. Yeah. Well, I think kudos to him for realizing that, uh, he's got eyes on him and he is wanting what's next. And people want to see that uh, you're not going to tear a car up when you don't really have to, or a truck in this case. Um, I that all of that aside, Parker Kligerman winning is just good. It's a good guy win, right? He's he's obviously a talented race driver, but he really only has ever done a whole lot on you know in in plate racing in a truck, and that's a product of that racing. You know, uh, experience pays in those kind of races, and that's why you see that happen. For him to do it on a road course, which is more in line with his skill set, uh, that's that's all. And with a team that is so clearly underfunded that they shouldn't have, they shouldn't have even had a chance at it, but he was a good enough driver to to give them that chance and to give himself that chance and. I think we should celebrate that. Gligerman is one of the really good guys in the sport. He could, um, honestly, man, I, I, I wish for him that somebody would give him a, a like a full time ride in a truck, because uh, I think he would be phenomenal. I think he wouldn't have a problem making the uh, the playoffs in the trucks, and you know, probably be a a, a championship favorite had he got to run a, a full schedule with somebody. Yeah, and it would also bring uh, a little bit of civility to that series because it's turning into ARCA real, real damn quick. Yeah, Not to right. poo-poo ARCA because I've got friends over there that are, you know, ARCA is their thing because they've been around it for 30, 40, 50 years. But, man, this just wrecking people to take positions at anywhere in the field. It's like, right. what is it that you're doing here? For what? To what end? And I ask that question a lot now. Uh, but to what end? Uh, are you wrecking somebody to finish 16th in an ARCA race or even a trucks race? Like, what is that? You know, Haley Deegan was a co-host or the guest host on door, door bumper clear. And she's like, yeah, I'd probably have some better finishes if people didn't just think crashing was the way this series is run, but it is what it is, you know? <laughs> yeah. And I, you know, people are going to poo poo her because they're like, well, she hadn't done anything. Well, she did more than a lot of these guys that she's racing with. Yeah. to get where she is it's it's she did more than just carry her name down here in a pretty face yeah she won multiple championships in a off-road truck she's got wins in arca and in west and you know, arca yeah don't matter where she got it done she get she parked it in victory lane she got it she does somehow she deserves her license to drive a nascar vehicle 
Yeah. Unlike some people that have already been discussed on this show. <laughs> right. Well, that's what I was going to say is like, like she said, there's people that didn't go through those rankings like she did. You know, they kind of just jumped up into a NASCAR truck all of a sudden. It's like, whoa, 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 where where did you come from? You just came from, have you even been on a racetrack before? <laughs> Which, I don't know. Um, I'm excited to go to a uh, truck race here coming up in a few weeks. I didn't realize it until today, listening to multiple shows. It's actually a playoff race uh, for the NASCAR truck series at uh, Indianapolis Raceway Park. Uh, here coming up in a few weeks, and I am ecstatic to be able to see that. It's a doubleheader, trucks and ARCA. ARCA, yeah, yeah, I, I, I want to watch some racing, but I'm not as excited as I am to watch the truck series because I think it's going to put on a hell of a show. Yeah, I more than likely will. Uh, that Nobody's ever said that racetrack sucked. It just, <laughs> right. for whatever reason, we stopped going there a lot. Well, it's kind of like we've talked about before, you know, um, bigger venues, smaller venues for some of these series. Um, IRP is not a very big venue. It does hold um, some people, but it's just like a main uh, grand grandstands along the front stretch. Um, but I've seen a lot of stuff be raced on that track. That whole weekend, they're doing stuff all weekend. Even after Friday night truck and ARCA races, they have races the rest of the weekend, which is this same weekend as this all the stuff going on at the ims road course but um a lot of racing going on in indianapolis that weekend well you remember when the big stink was that xfinity it's like we come all the way out here to indy and we don't even get to race the big track and i'm like mm, okay i guess i see that but um then that then the cup series people are like yeah this doesn't really work for us either we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna drop a road course in here and see if that's a little bit better for us <laughs> and it's like, what, how did you, it's like you put the cart before the horse, uh, something, something didn't go right because the racing at IRP was fantastic. Absolutely. Even the Xfinity series racing there. It's like, you want to put on a good race or do you want to be in a big venue? Cause those are two different things. Sometimes a lot of times. Absolutely. All right. We'll move on to the, uh, Xfinity series, uh, Georgia native Austin Hill wins it. The Xfinity race. I personally didn't get to see much of this. I've watched uh, what highlights I could of the race. Like I said, it was very busy on Saturday, but uh, very cool to see Austin Hill get it done uh, at his home track. And I'm starting to see a little bit of uh, attraction with Austin Hill in, in the Xfinity series. He's running well, um, you know, for all that we pick on RCR and uh, at the cup level, the Xfinity series level, they seem to be running pretty well. And uh, I thought that was a good pickup for them to get Austin because he was on the edge of being good enough to earn that spot purely based on merit with the way he ran at Hitori. And yeah, the fact that he, you know, he grew up not, not quite as close as I did to Atlanta Motor Speedway, but close enough, closer than Chase. Um, you know, he's out, you know, on the West side of Metro Atlanta, um, just, just far enough out, but uh, that he sounds like he's from the country, you know, <laughs> right. but you know, that's, that's kind of like me, you know, it's like, I grew up in Metro Atlanta, but <laughs> there's cows right over to yonder. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anything else you want to cover on the Xfinity side before we hop in the cup? Well, I think it can't be overstated how important it can be for these guys to win at home, especially in a type of sport where you don't have home and away games really. Uh, you know, it would be, 
I'm sure you could pick a, a handful of golfers that winning at a particular place is basically the same thing as winning at home. You know, it's, it just, you know, it, it matters more. Absolutely. Um, well, let's go on to go on to cup. We have a lot to cover in the subject. Uh, Chase Elliott gets it done. As we just talked home track, um, first driver this season to have three wins. Um, does this make him a, does this put him into the championship favorite category? I think it has to, cause he's leading the points. He swept, he basically got max points at Atlanta and he already had points to go with. In addition to the wins, first driver to get three wins, who is the favorite if it's not him? Because one thing that the other guy we've been talking about being a favorite uh, is doing that Chase is not doing is that's running into everything that moves on the racetrack. <laughs> uh, but it was crazy because I don't remember what show it was, but when we first started recording <laughs> earlier in the season, we were like, hey, we're, what's what's going on? Chase is the only one that doesn't have a win at Hendrick. You know, what's going on? All of a sudden, that's been flipped upside down. He is absolutely whipping everybody's ass. Yeah, I mean, you know, and if not for uh, Reddick, um, obviously making the, the final adjustment to put his car at least equal or maybe even better than Chase's. He, You know, Chase could be staring at uh, three wins in the last four races instead of just two. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know how you, especially if he goes out to Loudon and gets a top five and, you know, goes to Michigan and gets a top five or even wins. We don't even know what that race is going to look like yet. Cause I think you're it's going to poke Poconos after New Hampshire. P- Pocono would be another place, uh, that Andy, you could road course fast and flat, uh, yeah, road course, two of those <laughs> left. <laughs> right. I mean, you know, I, Watkins Glen, what Chase already has three wins there or something like, I mean, yeah. it's, you know, that's his personal playground. Absolutely. Um, you know, Dale and junior both went in the AMS, uh, Bill and chase getting it done. They're the only two father son combos to get it done at, uh, Atlanta motor speedway. I think that's badass. That's a pretty good company to be in. Well, yeah, it is. It is good company to be in. I, I never got to see Dale Earnhardt race in person. The very first race I ever went to in person was the only time that Dale Jr. won a cup race at Atlanta. Um, that was Casey Kane's first cup race at Atlanta. Uh, and I have seen the the nine win there three times, twice. twice. Well, Casey win twice in the nine and once in the five. Um, so I kind of connected all my dots there, really. Yeah, uh, there that, that were available to me to connect. <laughs> you know, uh, I, I wasn't there this weekend. That that would be the only downfall is that I watched it from thirty miles away. That happens. I mean, <laughs> well, let's dive into that. I have that wrote down on here. Uh, race attendance looked a little little low there at uh, at Atlanta. Do you think that was indirect of? of the weather rain, maybe in the area, uh, hotter than balls outside. What do you think led to low attendance? Hotter than balls. <laughs> um, daytime, which even hotter, which Atlanta did make amends for that. I think there was a waters program or something that, I mean, you could always bring anything you wanted in there. Like we talked to that ad nauseum, but um, yeah, I mean, uh, you know that first of all, it's nowhere near, Atlanta proper. And by the way, school starts here the first week in August. 
So, I mean, if you've got any vacation left in you, now's when you're doing it. I mean, mm-hmm. we, I remember as a kid, we, we'd stay gone almost all of July, it seemed like, for yeah. probably four or five years in a row. Because um, that's, that's when it was the right time to go on vacation. And, man, if it's going to be 93 degrees temperature with, you know, 70% humid, I'm talking, it's about as miserable as you could possibly imagine. I don't, right. there's probably places that are hotter, but that that they're immeasurable at that point it, it's so nasty and hot that i don't know that the rain even mattered people probably would have been like yeah cool me off a little bit <laughs> what about would it would you think it would help if they switched to like a double header saturday like xfinity starting up at uh two or three o'clock leading into a, a, a night cup race there on saturday night i think that has a chance i I'd, I'd rather see something even a little wilder than that, like uh, maybe a, a 250, 250-mile uh, cup race on Saturday and a 200- or a 300-mile cup race on Sunday, and just that be the whole weekend. They don't have two different dates. Uh, maybe they could negotiate for a June. Well, this year, June was ugh. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know what you do. I, I mean, this is the month where it's rain and it's not as hot as June or August. So I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. Um, well, you alluded to it a second ago, but, uh, the Ross and Denny round two, uh, ensued towards the end of that race. Um, I don't know what to tell Ross Chastain at this point. And, and you could even he almost hear the frustration in the in the in the commentary in the booth. They're just like, this dude needs to just fuck chill out for a minute. Uh, they were worked up. They, I mean, I think it was Jeff Burton on there was like, you know, this guy really needs to think about what he's doing because he's he's going to ruin his season pretty quick. Well, he's, I mean, he's starting to remind people of Swerving Irvin. <laughs> you know, Ernie was fast in in the in the McClure car, and, and of course he was fast in the Robert Yates car. But he ran into everything, yeah, and and didn't seem to care. And that's when the NASCAR his brethren got pissed, and he had to do that very famous apology, you know, in the drivers' meeting that he was going to stop running into stuff. <laughs> and you know, I mean, I don't think anybody cares about it to be into that degree anymore, but. He's, I don't think you even have to show contrition. You do just have to stop running into people. Definitely. You just have to go, you know what? I lifted because my car didn't turn like it was supposed to, and it drifted up into Hamlin. Well, it's like, don't even be there. <laughs> right. Don't be there at all. And his car was tore up, and he still finished like second or something. I mean, just let him go. I mean, I know you can't lift at a plate. I mean, and there's a lot of things at play here that – you would say, you know what? I just that's the way it had to go, or else my day was over, or whatever you want to call it. But that, just, see, that was early. I think it was just a coincidence that it was him. Uh, uh, like I said, think it was a total coincidence that it was Denny. But of all people, <laughs> right. that he needed to put another check mark on the list of why he's getting paid back, it didn't need to be that guy. <laughs> yeah. uh, and it certainly didn't need to be Chase. Uh, you know, I guess he and. Uh, Al Morello are going to have it out with each other at the food line down there in Marshall. <laughs> at the food line? <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't what understand he over the that. radio. <laughs> I know. I've seen that. What's what's that about? Is just just well, seeing uh, Ross Chastain at a supermarket all the time or what? I, I don't know if he was 
trying to work his sponsor in, even though he was mad as, you know, a wet hen or what, but there, okay. I know exactly where he's talking about. There is a food lion. That's like a good driver away from an old, like, like something kind of oyster bar thing. It's got, it's got old cars. Like it's got an Earnhardt replica car out front. And I don't even know if that place is still open, but it's real close. And that used to be a place where you would, if you went for a drink, you would probably see NASCAR people there. That's cool. Um, you know, the one thing we haven't really talked about in this race yet, Corey LaJoy, um, you know, played a pit strategy that helped him stay out there, um, stay up front there for a little bit. You know, the last, last pit stop, he takes fuel only, stays up there for the most part, really impressive, uh, but just couldn't catch a break. Uh, Chase puts a block on him. He kind of stiffs him into the fence a little bit. I don't think he put him in the fence. It's just the way it all played out. He ended up in the fence a little bit uh, and tore his race car up a little bit. It finished 21st, but uh, for Corey LaJoy, I feel like that's a win for him. Yeah, I don't know. It's hard for him to say. He's like, I would have been mad if we ran around all day and I finished fifth. He said, knowing that we led laps and had a chance to win it, the 21st doesn't hurt as much because yeah. uh, we were probably going to finish 27th anyway or whatever. You know what I mean? Like you can justify right. it any way. I don't know how he really justifies it when there's no mic in front of his face and he's not doing his own podcast and whatever. He had Chase on his show this week. So all you people who hate Chase and think, you know, this think that he's the devil and he blocked the shit out of Corey, Rejoy- <laughs> Corey LeJoy. And it's like, yeah, every – Every other driver would have done the exact same thing. The difference is Corey is up there racing with people who always race up front and he's never up front. So there's nuances to it that you, the only way you ever know what the car is going to do up there is if you're there, you can't go, Oh, I'll just listen to somebody's radio whole race and then watch what they do and look at their throttle traces and their brake traces. It's not that simple because, Oh yeah, your heart's beating 140 beats a minute and it's hot and you're sweating and you're driving 185 miles an hour in a pack where a car, you can literally spit on it. You're that close to it. And, and at that point, your decision-making it, however much you studied, really doesn't matter because if you haven't put any of it into practice, it's not committed to memory. It's not committed to your muscle memory of going, Oh, I saw a car get to about right here in that new fancy camera window, rear window uh, mirror they got. And, and Oh, we got to here. Okay. That means I need to go up or, Oh, I need to go down. Like you don't have that if you don't do it. Yeah. So it's, it's no, it's no wonder that that's the way it ended up. I feel like the biggest win of that, I don't even know if it's really been talked about. It's just something I, I think of. Just like you said, he's never been in that situation really before in the cup in the cup series. I feel like it's a win for a spotter. His spotter had to have been. I, I would have loved to have heard that radio communication, uh, the last eighty laps of that race, just between him and his spotter, because that dude kept him out of trouble and kept him up front. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that guy might be jumping to another team. You know. <laughs> Uh, we did race attendance uh, uh, viewership this week 2.62 million viewers highest rated event of the weekend again not a surprise Uh, it was a nice jump over last week about seven tenths of a point 
uh, or 700,000 viewers or whatever you want to call it. And I don't know which markets they pull from to average those numbers out. I'm sure the numbers are really good in Charlotte. They were probably really good in North Metro Atlanta, I would imagine. Um, and then all those other little towns around North Carolina, Virginia, and Tennessee, where they always do, they always do well. Uh, to win the weekend is always good. I mean, baseball's heating up. We've got all-star game stuff coming on. People More more people watching baseball now. Yeah. There's nothing else to watch. Uh, there's There really is no other sport except for whatever fake version of professional football is going on. Uh, golf <laughs> I is, think that's over, too. <laughs> yeah, golf is completely splintered. Uh, the people want to get paid, so they're going to go play in these European tournaments until the PGA uh, puts, them there, puts their money where their mouth is and gets them back to the States. Uh, or not the states necessarily, but the I mean the American PGA. US PGA tour is mostly in America. Mostly. Um, so I you know I mean now's the time to be either watching racing or baseball. So if you I'm can down win for both of those things, yeah, if you can win the weekend with that stuff going on, you know that's good. That's just should be good enough. Absolutely. Well, let's uh, dive into the hottest topic of the week. Uh, people maybe think we were going to dive into this, but how can we not dive into this? Tyler Reddick to sign with twenty three eleven for the two thousand and twenty four and beyond. What are your thoughts on that? I think somebody made a really smart, good decision, and somebody didn't. What's what's funny about this, which what I thought was funny, is we just talked about this shit last week. I know. We just talked about signing him, having him drive for a cup team, blah, blah, blah. If you were Dale Jr., who would you get, blah, blah, blah. We went through that whole thing last week. And then this pops up. I'm like, well, how ironic is that? Um, it's a home run. Uh, I think uh, Denny and them did mess around. They saw the opportunity that presented itself and – who obviously they're not going to throw numbers out there or anytime soon, but they wasted zero time getting him on board for their team. Yeah. And I can only imagine that, that Jordan, Michael Jordan, Michael Jeffrey Jordan, <laughs> uh, for the, make sure we all know who we're talking about. Not the guy that played Creed's son. We're talking about the basketball player, <laughs> Nike air, uh, I'm sure he probably heard everything that we've all heard and, and probably saw some of the stuff that we've seen and everybody talking about Reddick being like, yeah, he's poised to win in a car that's probably not supposed to. And he's doing it a lot and he's eventually, he's going to make it happen and somebody's going to want this guy. And uh, he said, oh yeah, give me that guy. He's a winner. Yeah. He finally put the win looks together. like a winner to me. Yeah. How much money does he want? <laughs> right. You know, uh, are we going to get to keep monster after Kurt Busch goes away? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'd say the monster probably follows Ty Gibbs wherever he goes, but maybe, uh, maybe not. Kurt, you know, he's true. still he. Like I said, that some of that stuff we talked about last week that is not off the board yet. Yeah. I'm telling you, if if Junior does his due diligence, and I don't know how much of it he's already done, but he probably spends the entirety of the 2023 season getting ready to launch that car. And you know who's going to be waiting right there for a driver contract is Kurt Busch. <laughs> yeah, I could see that. Um, you know, let's 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 talk about it on the other foot. Um, who replaces Tyler Reddick in the eight car if the eight car is still at RCR and not at Junior Motorsports? Uh, well, let's just say the second RCR car for that re for that reason, right? Um. I don't know. I'd probably 
I'd probably take a hard look at Austin Hill. Yeah. Uh, what's the Creed kid? Maybe him. Sheldon Creed. Yeah. That's not a bad pick either. Um, Noah Gregson, Austin Hill, Sheldon Creed, Josh Berry. Yeah, I mean, I think if uh, well, yeah, actually, Josh Berry. That's not a. That's not bad. If Junior doesn't go with Gregson, um, it would be beneficial for RCR to bring basically all of the Bass Pro money into their camp. I think there's even a few people, a few other people that you may not even really think of. Uh, Justin Haley. Uh, yeah. Ty Dillon. Corey LaJoy. We just talked about him. <laughs> Corey would be interesting. Corey's, well, he's 30. He's still got a lot of racing years left. And he's got a heck of a head on his shoulders. And he came up racing with Chase. He just, you yeah. know. He, he went through the... What is it? The NASCAR next yep. thing. They yep. went through all that together with Blaney, and I think he had a hell of a crew go through there all at the same time. It wouldn't Suarez even the deal? <laughs> Might have been. I don't know. They were they were all around in there together. Yeah. Um, we're gonna do a we're gonna start a segment this week, and it's not gonna be an every week segment. It's only gonna be when we feel like bringing it up, but it's gonna be called. To the holler, and we're going to announce whoever that might be for that week or that particular race. I'm going to start us off with a strong one that I think we can both probably hammer on. To the holler, Richard Childress, please, to the holler. Because, in my opinion, you have dropped the ball big time, dude. Yeah. You Why, why not sign Tyler Reddick to an extension? Uh, he just won you a race. Whether they, he had this stuff figured out before he won that race or not, the dude has been outperforming every, anybody that's been in the eight or the three, for that matter. Um, I just find this to be one of the biggest boneheaded moves I've seen in a long time when it comes to putting a driver in a car. The way that media fans and whoever else who has a voice have been talking about Tyler Reddick, to be Richard Childress and to not already have that contract drawn up and signed before that win, golly. I mean, I don't even – you know, it's kind of like you see this happen in baseball, and we know what – at least I have a pretty good idea, a pretty good feel for the way Atlanta is run right now. That means if you don't get signed before your last year, you're not gonna, and it's because your agent is an asshole and doesn't want to work with the Braves because you want to get paid. I don't think you're an asshole because you want to get paid, but the fact that Richard Childress didn't go ahead and lock the kid up with some incentives that say, okay, this is what we can do for you right now. This is what we think we can do. If, if your progression continues, we'll be able to add this and this and this, and then we make you a, a competitive salary to your peers. But the fact that, I mean, we don't know how much of that was going on, but the fact that they just announced we're picking up the option almost has a feel to it of, well, he can't leave unless he buys his contract yeah. out. So we're just going to pay him for next year and hope we figure it out because we're too <laughs> stupid oh, to man. show up with a contract and, and, uh, and get it done. Because what does a guy like Tyler Reddick need to make? over the three-year contract in order to stick around three or four million dollars a year yeah it's it's probably not even that it's high. not as much as you think 
No, it's not. You know, it's it's not big he's time money. One, it's my. It may even be less than that. I don't even think Bowman makes that, and he's won what seven Cup races. Yeah, or Bo- whatever. Bowman, Byron, uh, Reddick, and, and those guys are multiple winners besides Reddick. Um, yeah, I don't think it. You know, as long as they're taken care of, you don't have to pay them what Kyle Busch is trying to make right now. And you see what kind of water that's got him into. So. You know, that, that, that money isn't as high as I think it once was, you know, back in the Kevin Harvick and Tony Stewart and all those drivers that were making buku dollars, you know, Jeff Gordon, Jimmy, all those kind of guys making as what they could. These young guys will do it for half the price and loved every second of it. Sometimes way less than half. Yeah. I mean, you got to figure a guy like Kyle is probably a 12 to 14 million base salary kind of a guy and whatever incentives are tied to wins and championships. I mean, we, we already know what the champion wins that that's like an eight and a half million dollar check just off the top. That doesn't count in your base salary. That's just, Hey, you won something really cool. Here's a big check. (laughs) (laughs) I just, uh, you know, I don't know. I don't understand it. I guess maybe we may never understand it, maybe. Um, but uh, if you're Denny and Michael Jordan, you are sitting back and smoking them cigars and looking like a champion already. <laughs> yeah, I tell you what, I'd have those cigars <laughs> packed with a little bit more than just good old Dominican tobacco. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, well, we're headed to uh, New Hampshire this weekend. Uh getting ready to uh hold up the big lobster <laughs> lobster <laughs> wicked but, uh, cool man yeah wicked that's wicked cool man uh sorry, sorry anybody from that area we're not making fun <laughs> oh of yeah you. we're just having Somebody, fun. i can hear i can like hear a, a lobster frisbeeing our direction <laughs> <laughs> uh but um you know i, I don't think nascar and then this is could just be my sentiment like I, we're in the same boat. We listen to a lot of the same shows, pay attention to a lot of the same outlets. Um, I don't feel like NASCAR is excited to go to New Hampshire this weekend. No, I think NASCAR looks at it and goes, "What if Martinsville happens again? <laughs> right. What are we going to do then?" And, and maybe we're surprised. Maybe that doesn't happen. But I think with as flat as it as it is, with the shifting and all that stuff. Uh, like you said, maybe restarts may be a little bit crazy because, um, you know, track position's that important because you're not going to see a lot of passing. Um, you may see whoever wins the pole may win the race unless something crazy happens on track during the race. could be like an F1 race. <laughs> yeah, well, I started hearing, you know, legit people. Now, they could be, you know, they're, they're probably joking a little bit, a little hyperbole around the campfire, you know, around the fireball, whatever, whichever. Uh, but it was, that was like, man, this has got Jeff Burton 2000 written all over it. Yeah. All three and, uh, one lap. Yeah. And I think we, we've been over that, uh, why that happened is because of the restrictor plate and the deaths and yada, yada, yada. And then right. Good pitch strategy. And you can lead every single lap at Loudon and win the race. And Jeff Burton did. Nobody else did that. So kudos to Jeff, but yeah. it was probably not a very fun race to watch. I would imagine. Yeah. Um, well, let's go ahead and make some picks. Um, I got you 11 to 6 on the year. You know, we had some people kind of commenting because you, you always put like the uh, the graph kind of deal on Twitter or whatever. 
the on people the vote to see who who they think picked a better driver and people were calling me out for picking Eric Jones but if I'm not mistaken he finished third or fourth so I wouldn't uh dive at me too hard on those things I'm doing been doing pretty good in the old fantasy leagues yeah I hear you well you know that's our job though yeah. Their job's to listen to what we say or look at the poll and go, well, that's bullshit, and, <laughs> and talk a little smack. And Oh, that happened. You know, I like talking smack. Though. Yeah, I mean, you know, they, they, hey, whoever you are, kudos to you because we're talking about you on our show. That's yeah, fun. there you go. I can't remember what this, this handle was, but he was from uh, the UK. Oh, good. Which hey. I thought was cool. Cross the pond. Bring it. Yeah. yeah. Um, who you who you picking this week? Uh, well, uh I believe this is one of uh, his seven or eight hometown tracks, <laughs> uh, depending on who you ask and what time of day it is. But uh, I'm picking Truex. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, I'm going to go his teammate. Uh, I'm going to go Denny Hamlin. Um, not really sure why I made that pick. It just felt right the way we were talking about track position and qualifying and, and that sort of thing. I feel like that kind of lends an upper hand to Denny sometimes. Yeah, well, I uh, it's not a bad pick at all. I guess you, you you're gonna have to hope that the rubber band that's attaching him to Ross Chastain it breaks before the race starts. <laughs> that's true. I didn't think of that because <laughs> I'm sure he'll be up there. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, well, I love Ross, but it it is fun to pick on him it now that he's running so well. It makes it easy. You don't even have to feel bad about it. <laughs> right. Um, this week in NASCAR history, uh, I got a couple couple dates. Um, first one, July thirteenth, nineteen ninety three. Um, we lost Davy Allison after his uh, tragic helicopter crash at uh, Talladega after some um, testing at the track. Yeah, and there's a whole lot of backstory about how many people told him not to mess around with that helicopter that day, and that's just—I mean—that's just a bummer. That just leaves people with it. You know, if only I'd have convinced him thought in the back of their mind, but he didn't seem like the kind of guy that was going <laughs> to probably listen to anybody about whether or not he was going to fly his helicopter. <laughs> right. So he did. And uh, unfortunately, we lost somebody that we might still be talking about. You know, yeah. certainly we'd probably be talking about him in terms of being in the Hall of Fame. But, uh, you know, we could be saying very different things about Jeff Gordon's career, probably if uh, he'd have stuck around for another eight or 10 years. Yeah. Uh, this one was really cool and caught me completely off guard. Uh, July 18th, 1958, Richard Petty drives in his first NASCAR Grand National race in Ontario, Canada. See, one of the things that doesn't make that so strange to me is, um, A, that wasn't like the first year of NASCAR. Um but B is if you look back in the history and, and, you know, there's all this upsetness, pitchfork mob going to the West Coast. What is this left coast trash? NASCAR's a <laughs> southeastern sport. Go look at how many times those like our heroes from the 60s, 70s and even 80s raced on racetracks in California. Yeah. And uh, Ontario's, I mean, at least it's in the Eastern time zone. Half of it is half of it's in the central most, but most of it's in, in the Eastern time zone and they, and they love racing. They love stock car racing. They've got most sport and they got Windsor where they build lots of Fords. So you're, 
your NASCAR fan base is there. Now, how long they've been building for is there? I don't know, but I, I, it would be probably more shocking to me to say Richard Petty's first race was in Oregon (laughs) than Ontario. Absolutely. Well, buddy, it's been, been a fun one. 22 in the books now. Uh, I like the I like the title for the last one we did. Uh, what is it? Legal and ready to mingle. We were twenty one. <laughs> now we're twenty two. We're stepping up. <laughs> yeah, one step closer to having to be an adult. Yeah, <laughs> no shit. Well, uh, everybody, you guys have a, a good race weekend from uh, New Hampshire. Get you a lobster roll if you're up that way. That sounds really good at the moment. I'm starving. Um, but uh, tell them where they can find us at on the old social media. Yeah, you can find us uh, at BTDO Podcast on Twitter and blowing the doors off on Instagram. And then on Twitter, you can find me at Pregame Engineer. Uh, and you can find me on Twitter at BWayne8589. Uh, tag us if you have any questions you want us to uh, do on the show or anything like that, or you just want to talk a little fantasy uh, smack talk. I'll. I'll be right there with you but uh you guys have a good uh race weekend and uh we'll catch you here again next week Skew. yeah